Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Friday, February 8th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, OPEC? More like NOPEC. U.S. legislators move forward with a bill to prosecute OPEC member countries for fixing oil prices. Plus, U.S. President Donald Trump rules out another meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping before tariffs are set to increase in March. And Amazon chief executive Jeff Bezos accuses National Enquirer owner American Media of extortion. Then the FT's Chris Giles explains why the Bank of England is the latest central bank to make a dovish U-turn. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. I'm Ed Crooks. I'm the U.S. industry and energy editor of the FT. On Thursday, a bill which would allow the United States government to sue OPEC, the oil producers cartel, uh, made quite a bit of progress in Congress, took some quite significant steps forward in both the Senate and the House of Representatives. It's called the No Oil Producing and Exporting Cartels Act of 2019. If you take that acronym, uh, it, of course, spells NOPEC, in other words, no OPEC. And that's the idea, is that what it would do is remove sovereign immunity from antitrust legislation for the members of OPEC. It would allow the US government to take action against countries that are in OPEC for anti-competitive practices, for forming a cartel to fix the price of oil, and potentially then impose penalties on them. This legislation, which has been around for a long time, many, many years, it it, um, rose up in in 2007-2008, got quite a lot of support back then. So it's not really a new thing. It was also sort of rumbling around last year. There are both Democrats and Republicans speaking in favour of it. And it's got this kind of interesting position where the president might actually support it. Now, it's absolutely not a nailed-on certainty, but it is a possibility, and if it did happen, would have huge effects, and that's something which is being taken very seriously indeed by those APEC countries. Global equities fell as hopes for an early trade deal between the U.S. and China were quashed on Thursday. President Donald Trump ruled out a meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping before the deadline for a rise in tariffs in three weeks. Mr. Trump had stoked expectations of an upcoming summit with Mr. Xi last week. And ultimately, I know that I'll be meeting with President Xi uh, maybe once and maybe twice, and it'll all seem to come. It seems to be coming together. But on Thursday, Mr. Trump said he wouldn't be meeting with Mr. Xi before March 1st. That's the date when tariffs on about $200 billion worth of Chinese exports to the U.S. will jump from 10% to 25%. One person familiar with the trade talks said that Mr. Trump had proposed that the two leaders meet in Vietnam. That's where Mr. Trump is scheduled to hold a summit with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un at the end of February. The person said that China shot down that idea because Mr. Xi didn't want to be seen doing a deal with the U.S. in Vietnam. U.S. and Chinese negotiators have claimed progress after several rounds of negotiations to resolve the trade dispute, but significant gaps remain. And Amazon chief executive Jeff Bezos has accused the National Enquirer and its parent company, American Media Inc., of extortion and blackmail. Late on Thursday, Mr. Bezos published a post on Medium. He said the tabloid had threatened to publish intimate photos and text messages between him and Lauren Sanchez, the woman he's dating. According to Mr. Bezos, the National Enquirer said it would publish the photos unless he made a statement denying AMI's coverage was, quote, politically motivated or influenced by political forces. David Pecker, AMI's chief executive, is a longtime friend and supporter of President Trump. And President Trump is a frequent critic of Mr. Bezos. 
AMI allegedly paid off a woman to prevent her from making damaging claims about Mr. Trump before the 2016 election. And in December, AMI reached an agreement with the U.S. Department of Justice, enabling it to avoid prosecution for that arrangement. Mr. Bezos said he published emails from AMI in his Medium post to defy AMI's tactics. An Amazon spokesman confirmed Mr. Bezos had written the post, but AMI and other parties named by Mr. Bezos did not respond immediately to requests for comment. And here's a closer look at one of today's big stories. The Bank of England has become the latest central bank to perform a U-turn on interest rates. It signaled on Thursday that UK rates would remain on hold. Policymakers are now forecasting the slowest rate of growth for the UK economy since the financial crisis in 2009. The FT's economics editor Chris Giles explains the wait-and-see policy from cautious central bankers. Good afternoon, everyone. Governor Mark Carney's press conference was really a bit of a holding statement on one level because Britain is mired in this huge uncertainty over Brexit. The MPC recognises that these assumptions and judgments will need to be updated once greater clarity emerges about the nature of EU withdrawal. Essentially, there were two things that came out of the new forecast. One is that the forecasts for the economy are significantly weaker than they were as recently as November when the bank put out its previous forecasts. Uncertainty about the outcome of negotiations obviously has intensified since November, and it's now weighing more heavily on activity, predominantly through lower business investment and tighter financial conditions. And the second thing is that the implication of that is there's a lot less pressure to put up interest rates. The committee judges that an ongoing tightening of monetary policy at a gradual pace and to a limited extent would be appropriate to return inflation sustainably to the 2% target at a conventional horizon. Gradual and limited are the two key words. Now, they've kept those words, but the forecasts, and in particularly the inflation forecast, suggest that actually interest rates are now on hold for the foreseeable future. So they're still giving a bit of guidance on higher rates, but in truth, no one's expecting, and markets are now not expecting any interest rate rise this year. How much of this revised forecast has to do with Brexit versus a slowing global economy? It's long thought that uncertainty over Brexit would prevent companies from taking out investments. Companies would wait and see. But that is now happening to a bigger extent than in the past. So they've now got a forecast for business investment at a time of full employment of minus two, over 2% this year. It's quite an extraordinary forecast that companies are actually going to be cutting investment when the economy is sort of near the peak of the cycle. And it's really all to do with Brexit. Companies don't want to, if they can, they'll put off investment at the moment. And how does this wait-and-see mood from the Bank of England align with other central banks? Well, the trend is really quite recent. I mean, the Fed kicked it off just about a week ago. In this environment, we believe we can best support the economy by being patient in evaluating the outlook before making any future adjustment to policy. And we've been seeing central bank after central bank essentially doing the same thing. So we've seen this in India on the same day on Thursday. Also, it cut its interest rate. The Monetary Policy Committee voted by a 4 to 2 majority to reduce the policy repo rate by 25 basis points. The Reserve Bank of Australia now says interest rate cuts just as likely as interest rate rises. They're not panicking yet. It's not saying the world economy is moving into recession, but it's now. They don't feel now is the time to be further 
tightening monetary policy and moving more into a wait-and-see mode. And I, th- I would have thought we'll be in that mode, certainly for the next few months. How has this slowdown hit Europe in general? In Europe, there's been a clear weakness in the second half of last year. Now, some of it are one-off factors like new regulations on car production, but we've seen the Italian economy move into recession in the second half of 2019. Uh, The German economy had a contraction in the third quarter. We think the fourth quarter will be positive, but only just, so really big slowdown there. We're seeing a slowdown in the UK, seeing it pretty much everywhere. And it seems to be a combination, particularly of exports, particularly to China, have been slowing pretty fast. So we haven't seen consumers really tightening their belts yet in Europe. This is causing a decline in business confidence, not so much in consumer confidence, and pretty sharp reduction in growth rates. So the European Commission on Thursday cut its growth forecast for the Eurozone from 1.9% to 1.3% for 2019. Again, a big cut relative to only three months ago. At the moment, the view in Europe is generally that Most of the bad news is past and there will be a recovery through 2019, but no one's very confident about that. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back on Monday for all the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon, Amy Keene, and me, Eric Krupke. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. Robert Shrimsley is editorial director for the Financial Times. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.